today's passage, we are talking about a change in plans. And making plans is a part of everybody's life. And, and the Bible talks a lot about making plans. And so I'm looking for four volunteers that are willing to read verses for me. you got to come up here. I'll give you the microphone. I'll give you an airhead if you will come up. I don't care if you're an adult, a kid, uh, even if I have to read it while you stand there. I need four volunteers that are willing to accept an airhead. Okay, we got, we got four right there. Are you ready, Weston? Yeah. This is really difficult. Okay, here, I just want you to read that for me. Proverbs 16, 9, in his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Okay, so who plans his course? God. Who determines his steps? No. Man. Man oh, yeah, man, and then the Lord determines his steps. All right, good job. Thank you. You pick one. Thank you. Okay, Mr. Taven. Let's go with the next one. Proverbs 16.1 To man belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. So who gets to make the plans? Man. Who gets to give the answers? Lord. The Lord does. Okay. All right, Mr. Nick. Okay, number... Proverbs 20.24 A man's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand his own way? So can man... Always understand where God's taking him and what he's doing in his life? No. No. Okay, there you go. Good job. Thanks. All right, here you go. And the last one. Proverbs 19.21. Many are the there you go. plans in a man's heart, but is it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. So whose purpose prevails? Lord's. The Lord's. Okay, good job. Thank you very much. Very simple. I appreciate the volunteers. Thought I was going to have to do it myself and eat all four pieces of airhead. Now these kids, they just came up here and they just read those verses and they said those like those were the gospel truths, right? It's in the Bible, but they just said it like it was normal, like it's easy to accept that man makes his plans, but the Lord's purpose that prevails. Now all of us who make plans know that that's not as, always as easy to accept as what they just said. It's not, it's not that easy to, when, when life is going cattywampus from what I want, it's not that easy to just accept these as the verses that I need to live my life by. But what we see uh, throughout the scriptures, uh, through these verses and through the experiences of life, is our, what I want you to remember for today. It's not from the fifth grade, but I want you to remember today to make your plans, but hold them loosely because God may have better plans for your life. And that's something that we're going to see in Paul's life today and ultimately see a little bit in our lives as well. So, uh, first of all, let's see, let's see what happens to Paul as he's on a missionary journey. or he's, he's often visiting and things don't go his way. Does Paul throw a temper tantrum? Does Paul have a pity party? Does Paul give up on God and go a different direction? Let's find out. So, point number one is sometimes the plans we make for ourselves fall through. Okay, so Acts chapter 20, verses 1 through 5. Sometimes the plans we make for ourselves fall through. And I want to talk, see, first of all, that Paul's travel plans fell through. And what was it that Paul had planned for himself? So his first plan, or the first part of his plan, was to go to, uh, was to go up here to Troas. So he's, he's in Ephesus. Last week we left him in Ephesus. His plan is to go up here to Troas. So that's just so you have a reference point when I'm saying off names that you'll understand where we're at. So his first plan was to encourage 
the churches. This is what Paul planned to do. Verse 4. Let me read verses 1 through 4. It says, When the uproar had ended, Paul sent for the disciples, and after encouraging them, said goodbye and set out for Macedonia. He traveled through that area, speaking many words of encouragement to the people, and finally arrived in Greece, where he stayed there for three months. Because the Jews made a plot against them, just as he was about to sell for Syria, he decided to go back to Macedo- through Macedonia. He was accompanied by Sopater, son of Pyrrhus from Berea, Aristarchus and Secundus from Thessalonica, Gaius from Derby, Timothy also, and Tychicus and Trophimus from the province of Asia. These men went on ahead of us and waited for us at Troas. Okay, so a lot of names, a lot of confusion. All you need to understand right now is Paul is, has a plan for his life. His first plan is, our first part of his plan is to go and encourage the churches. Verse 4, let me read it one more time. I mean, sorry, verse 2. He traveled through that area, speaking many words of encouragement to the people, and he finally arrived in Greece, where he stayed for three months. Now, looking at that, it looks like completely Paul made a plan. He was able to carry it through to completion. Any doubts right there? No, I didn't think so. It's very black and white. Paul's making a plan, and it looks like what he wants to do is to accomplish. It's going to be accomplished. Everything is starting out well. He was able to go to these churches in, the, in this map. He was able to go up, up to all these places and he was able to encourage the churches and ultimately get down here to Greece where Corinth is at. So ultimately he's going to do that, but his first goal is just to encourage the people at these different churches. He started these churches. He wants to check up on them, see how it's going. Great plan. Sounds like everything's working out right. But part of the reason for Paul going to Troas was, was to find a guy by the name of Titus. Titus is a guy who later on, or he ends up serving down in Corinth, and Paul is, is hoping to meet up with uh, Titus in Troas to see how the church in Corinth is doing. Because Paul has sent a letter to Corinth that he's not really sure how they accepted that letter. So Titus is down there. He's supposed to meet Paul up in Troas before Paul goes on that journey down to, to Corinth to see how these people are doing. But when Paul gets there, Titus isn't there. And so we find that this is causing alarm and distress in Paul's life. Uh, but his, his plan is to meet the church or to meet Titus up in Troas. And part of this missionary journey that he's on was that he was going to stop at those different churches and he's collecting an offering to take back to Jerusalem with him. And so that's part of what he's going to do on this missionary journey. But things aren't all going the way that he has planned. And ultimately his plan is to get down, like I said, to get down to, I won't show you the map again. I thought I put it back in here. Was to get down to Greece where Corinth is at and then set sail from there and go all the way, all the way home on Syria on a boat. That's his plan was to get up, to go visit everybody, to see Titus and Troas, finally make it down to Corinth and then travel home. Right? Pretty simple. I'm kind of worried about this. Sorry, but very, very basic. I want to go to Troas. I want to meet Titus. I want to go through all these churches. I want to visit them and finally get down to Corinth. And then I want to sail home. Right? We all understand that's a basic travel plan that Paul had. But here's how it turned out. First thing he finds out in chapter 20, verse 3, he stayed there for three months. It says, because the Jews made a plot against him. So he's about ready to board a ship. To head home. Here's my plan. I want to get on the ship and go to Syria. And I'm hearing a plot about my life. He had, he did not expect that to happen. He's expecting to get on the ship with a bunch of other Jewish people to get back to Jerusalem in time for the Passover. So first thing's not working out the way he's expecting. 
The second thing he, re- he found out was that his friends were going to board the ship without him, which I think Paul is saying, go ahead. You guys hop on the ship because you're safe. I'm not sh- safe, so I'm not going to go. But it says in verse 5, these men went on ahead and waited for us at Troas, where Paul is ultimately going to meet up with them. But he, he, so, he, you know, I think I'd be kind of discouraging for Paul. Here he's made this whole loop, this whole plan. I'm just going to get on my ship. It's R&R, and I'm going to sell home, and I can't because there's this plot in my life. And oh, look, my friends get to go without me. And so what does Paul receive? He receives a return trip by land to get back home. Uh, in verse 3b, it says, just as he was about to sell for Syria is when he heard about this plot against his life. So he went back through Macedonia. Instead of going from Corinth all the way over to here on a boat, get a little sunshine, maybe a little fishing in, he's got to go by land to Troas. And so his buddies meet him up here in Troas. So he's got a great travel plan. He he booked it well, he planned it well, but then things went out of of line with what he was expecting. his, His travel plans changed unexpectedly. And so instead of getting to take the easy road, he's got to go back through all these churches and he's got to, he gets the opportunity to encourage them again, but he doesn't get to go the way that he planned to go. You know, when, when you make plans, you understand how they fall through oftentimes, right? You know, some of you say, that's the story of my life. My, I make a plan today and five minutes later, it's completely different. I know in my life, plans don't always work the way that I want. You know, we're thinking about our vacation, June 26th through July 11th. We made plans. You know, Leslie's one of those people who says, hey, let's get this figured out. And so like a month ago, we're working on figuring out when we're going to go, who we're going to stay with, where we're, we're booking hotels, that sort of thing. And we had everything planned out. And this year, things are changing a little bit. You know, last year, the whole plan went out of whack because Caleb changed his mind uh, the Sunday before we left. This week, this year, it's Noah's turn. He's throwing our plans out of whack, but we had great plans. Everything's all, all ready to sit and go through, but that is not how it's going to work out. We just made a plan expecting it to go one day, one way, but it's not. You know, I think about kids going off to college. I bet you, you have a plan for your life. You know, whether you're in college right now, such as Daisy, or you're going off to college, such as Chloe, or even in a couple years where you have Nick, who's going to, and hopefully Noah, and as you guys go through life, you're going to be making plans to go to college, right? Anybody here agree with that? I've got plans for my life. Someday I want to do something as a kid. Nobody's paying attention. Does anybody need an airhead? <laughs> okay, hey, thank you, Taven. Taven and Caleb, they got plans for their life. Some of you, the rest of you probably, have plans to keep things exactly the way you want. I, I have the job that I want. I have the house that I want. I have, I have the hobbies that I want. I have everything set up. I've already went through those stages of life trying to figure it out. Now I've arrived. I have everything exactly the way that I want it to be. But you may not receive everything the way that you want it to be. You know, I think about the kids uh, going off to college. Don't, they may not end up being what they thought they were going to be. Now I need a show of hands. How many of you, when you went to college, you came back and you're still doing the same thing you went to college for. Okay, we got two people who went to college for something and I would say the same with me. I went to college to, for Bible school because I didn't know what I was doing. I went to, I went to school to be a cartoonist because I thought that would be fun and uh, obviously I'm not a cartoonist. I, I went back to Bible school, but originally my original plan is not the way that I expected it to be. So 
Daisy's going to college right now, and it may not work out that Daisy becomes whatever it is that she's going to be, or Chloe, or Nick when he goes off to college, or even by the time you get out to Taven. He may be planning to go to college, and he may not work out the way that he wants. Now, the rest of you are planning to stay in life. You, you, you have it exactly the way that you want it to be. Uh, how many of you would like to keep things the way they are? You, you have the job that you'd like to keep? You have the house you'd like to keep? Anybody here say, my situation is kind of what I'd like it to be? Sort of, yeah, okay. So we got two people that say, I'm happy with life. Well, here, you know, 16 and a half years ago, we moved to Davenport. And believe it or not, this is the house we bought. Isn't that a beautiful house? <laughs> right, that, it was, that was a cheap house. Um, but we, we bought that house. We were planning to stay there. I was planning to be there today. 16 and a half years ago, I planned to move to Davenport, raise my kids, never leave again. And so with this house, we did everything the way we wanted. We put new windows in. It's a pretty big difference, right? We put new windows in. We put the, the wood stove in. Uh, we, we put a new roof on. If you look here, you've got this ugly chimney we took out. And we, oops, we have this wood stove. Back here, you have behind this wall, you have French doors. I did that myself. You'd be shocked if you saw that. It got it got new paint job. It got new flooring. Look at the plants. I mean, there's a huge difference between that and that. Look at this. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's got a new re retaining wall. It's got a new fence around the back. It's got five cords of firewood back there. Um, the, the downstairs, we put in a re uh, egress window from a, a dinky little window. Me and my dad did that. We remodeled it. Um, and that's where we were planning to stay for the rest of our life. Well, guess where I'm at right now? I'm in Plevna, and I like it here in Plevna, and I have a different house. But that was my plan for my life. It did not tur turn out the way that I wanted. So all you younger kids who think you're going to go to college and be something, or you're going to live in this place forever as an adult who's already married and already has kids and already is established, sometimes things don't go the way that you want. How are you going to respond to that? Are you going to go kicking and screaming? Are you going to put your foot down and say, no, God, I'm not going. I just put like 10,000 into that house and made it exactly what I wanted it to be. Are you going to have a pity party? Are you going to whine and complain to be the worst servant ever? What are you going to do? Well, Paul, when, when things didn't go the way that he had planned, Paul said, I'm going to take advantage of the opportunity. So that's what I want us to remember. When your plans fall through, take advantage of the opportunity that God gives you. God has, if he's not allowing you to go through this door, God's going to have something else that he wants you to do. And that's what we find with Paul today. His plans fell through, but he did not throw a temper tantrum. He did not refuse to go. He says, okay, God, I'm going to go. And as Paul's on this trip, he comes across this a special opportunity that he would not have had otherwise. So uh, Acts chapter 20, verses 7 through 12. Uh, first of all, he took advantage of the opportunity to speak. You know, Paul was a missionary. His goal was to teach. It was to speak. And Paul got the opportunity because he was there. And he says, I'm going to do this. It says, Acts chapter 20, verse 7. It says, on the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people. And because he intended to speak or to leave the next day, he kept on speaking until midnight. Wouldn't you guys just love that? Just sitting there till midnight. You know, he'd hope it was nine o'clock when he started, but who knows what time it was. He spoke until midnight. It says that um, 
In verse 9 that Paul talked on and on and on. And I know you sometimes it feels like I talk on and on and on, but I don't think Paul was just preaching for on and on. Right? I think it was a time of teaching, a time of question and answer. is a time of inter- interaction. But the, the fact is, Paul took advantage of that opportunity. Had he not been there, he wouldn't have spoken there. Right? He, but God provided that open door. He said, I'm going to walk through this open door, and I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity that you gave it to me. And he took an opportunity, indeed, to bless these people by his actions. And this is, this is one of those points where when I started looking through the book of Acts at the very start, I thought I'm going to be preaching a message on the dangers of falling asleep in church. But it didn't work out that way. We're not going to focus just on the sleepers. Acts chapter 20, verse 8, it says that after verse 7 says, Paul talked until midnight. Verse 8 says, there were many lamps in the upstairs room where we were meeting. Seated in the window was a young man named Eutychus who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. When he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third floor, third story, the third story, and was picked up dead. Paul went down, threw himself on the young man, and put his arms around him and said, Don't be alarmed. He said, He's alive. Then he went upstairs again and he broke bread and ate. And after talking until daylight, so Paul got to continue his, his message, the people took the young man home alive and they were greatly comforted. So Paul gets this opportunity to, to speak until finally this guy named Eutychus, who, who's obviously tired. It doesn't say how old he was, but he's leaning against a window. And it wasn't like a glass window. It's like a, a lattice type of window that probably went from ceiling to floor. And he did not pick a good place to lean against the wall or to sit there. And then before you know it, he crashes down, hits the ground, and he's, he's dead. And Paul gets the opportunity to rush downstairs and bring him back to life. And then it says, after a quick remind, or after a, a quick snack, because they broke bread again, and after a few reminders from their parents to make sure your kids don't fall asleep in church, or they sleep somewhere else instead of by the window, uh, Paul got back to work. And he was able to continue teaching the people until daylight. Now I realize, had Paul not been there, Eutychus never would have fell out of a window. Paul wouldn't have talked on and on and on, and they never would have experienced this miracle. But God said, I want you to go to Troas. You know, when Paul first went to Troas, there was the opportunity to share the gospel. But because Paul was looking for Titus, he left and went to Macedonia, still looking for Titus as he's looking, as he's greeting all these other churches. But the thing is, God knew where he was going to put Paul. So when Paul's watching that ship sail away with all his friends on it, and he's thinking, okay, this is me, myself, and I am going to take this journey back home by foot. He has no idea what God's going to do. He's probably expecting I'm going to visit some people and ultimately get to Troas, and we'll see what happens from there. But he has no idea what's going to happen with Eutychus or, or those people because God doesn't tell him. He just says, are you going to be faithful, Paul? Your plans didn't work out. Are you going to trust me? Are you going to be faithful with the opportunities that I give you? And that's where we're reminded once again, make your plans. It's in your bulletin. Make your plans, but hold them loosely because God may have better plans. Paul's plans was to hit the boat, sail home. God's plan was for him to speak to the people of Troas and encourage them when Paul raises their, this young man, Eutychus, from the dead. So when you're, when you're making plans, as you're going to do, take advantage of the opportunity that God gives you. When your plans don't work out, look for it. What is it that God's asking me to do? You know, I think about 
Leslie, she's our, our, our vacation plans, I didn't tell you how they, they changed, and I, I will try not to bore you with the details, but instead of having four weeks at home without our kids, now Leslie and Caleb are going to be in Davenport for two weeks, and Noah and I are going to be here batching it for two weeks. Hint, hint. <laughs> right? So the plans totally changed. I'm getting like a month-long honeymoon again. Like seven, last week was seven weeks. This is four weeks. Now it's going to be Leslie and Caleb and me and Noah. But the thing is, we have no idea what Leslie's going to do when she's in Davenport. I mean, God could have something specific for her to do there that she cannot do while she's here. You know, she has a friend that just went through a divorce. They could probably use some encouragement that Leslie's probably going to be able to see during that two weeks and encourage her. She's going to be going to the swimming pool. And who knows what's going to happen there? Maybe she's going to save some little kid from drowning. I mean, that maybe sounds like far-fetched, like that's never going to happen. But Paul didn't know he was going to pick some guy off the ground dead and bring him back to life. So I'm just, I'm just kind of curious. You may never hear what happens with Leslie on her her two weeks away, but her plans changed. God could have something specific, different, different for her to do. So kids, when you are planning to be something, you're planning to graduate college and go and get that job that you wanted since you were five years old, uh, doing whatever it is that you wanted to do, and it doesn't work out, because I'm here to tell you, not everybody becomes or is capable of doing what they want to do. There are gobs of people who wanted to go to the NFL who never made it. There are people who wanted to be the lawyer who never could quite get the brain power to make that happen. And so whatever you're asked, you're trying to do may not work out. But that doesn't mean you're through. It just means God has something different for you to do. And I want to encourage you to look for what that is if it does not work out. Don't throw the temper tantrum. Don't pout. Don't say, woe is me. Say, okay, God, what is it that you want me to do? Everybody else who's got a comfort zone, everybody else who has the job that they like and the house that they like and the location that you want. If for some reason God calls you to move, I hope that you're willing to move, even if it's just moving across town or moving to Plevna from Baker. But it might mean moving from here to Texas. Your, your job situation might work out that way. And I just want to encourage you to look for the opportunity that God gives you. You know, Something that comes to mind is you might move into the neighborhood. You might be the brightest shining light that that block has ever seen. Nobody else has been there who knows about Jesus. Or everybody says they know Jesus, but you're the only person living Jesus in that block. You might be the one who's able to talk to that one guy that everybody's scared to death to talk to, to share Jesus with them. So when, when plans don't go the way that you want, when you look for the opportunity that God's providing for you and take advantage of that opportunity... When your travel plans don't work out and you get, you get you, 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 instead of four weeks with your wife, you only get two weeks with your son, you know, maybe that's God's way of allowing bonding time for two different worlds between a preacher and a musician that they, they need, right? And God says, that's, that's what I want. I want you to take advantage of this opportunity with your son. He's going to be in 11th grade. He's, he wants to graduate sooner if he can. He's, and I mean, know what I love? We love each other. We'll wrestle. Last night I had to like put him on the floor though. <laughs> it was tough. He said, You're, I'm getting stronger, dad, or almost as strong as you are. And I said, I'm just a little bit stronger. I'm just stronger enough. But I mean, like we we're on two different worlds. He's all in the music. I'm in 
church. I, I like baseball. He's not into that. And maybe God says, this is just what you need, Josh. It's just two weeks of bonding with your son. Take opportunity of the opportunity or take advantage of the opportunity that God gives you that you don't know what it is. Um, when your plans don't work out the way you want, look and see what is it, God, that you want me to do and take advantage of that opportunity. Make your plans. It's your prerogative. It's part of being human. We just had four verses read that said it's okay. But remember that God is the one who's going to direct your path. So just hold those plans loosely because God might have something better in plan for you than you realize that, uh, that you can make for yourself. There's a plan A. Be willing to go with God's plan B because that uh, could very well be the thing that you appreciate more than you've ever expected before. When things don't go the way that you want, God could have something better. So don't, don't freak out. Don't get mad. Don't get bitter. Just say, okay, God, what is it that you have for me? And go with the flow. Make the best of the opportunity that God gives you. And God will bless you for that. Let's pray.